Matilda bent over the tapestry. The branches of an oak spread under her needle, growing swiftly in threads of green and grey and brown. Her maid's chatter flowed over her like the babble of bright water. Her mind was empty of thought, still and clear, intent on nothing more than the thread, the needle, and the image on the taut-stretched linen. She could feel the earth turning beneath her feet, and the dance of flames in the hearth, and the concourse of spirits all around and about and through this room in which she sat. Some of them swirled about her needle, sliding down the shaft of it into the tapestry. The oak's leaves rustled. She caught the scent of damp earth and new-fallen snow. There were tracks in the snow, marks of shod hooves. Still empty, still pure being, she drifted above them, following where they led. They wove through the trees of a wood, then out into snowy fields. Shadows lay long and black across the expanse of white. At the road's end was a shape of old wood and raw stone, a walled village clustered about the squat bulk of a castle. A banner hung limp from the half-finished tower. No wind caught it to uncover the device upon it. She saw only that it was the colour of blood. The courtyard was empty of horses, though there were signs enough of their presence. Trampled snow, bits of hay, a scatter of droppings. There were men in a corner, hulking figures wrapped in wool and leather, bent toward one another, conversing in a soft growl. Because she was Aaron Magic and little else, she heard them perfectly clearly. Tonight, as soon as the sun goes down, he'll be up in the tower. We'll trap him there. He'll fight. The Castellan's in on it, said the man who stood nearer the wall. He's made sure there's a little something in my lord's wine. He'll be out cold. Get in. Slit his throat. Get out. Quick as carving a roast in hall. I hope it's that easy, the other said. What could stop us? We got him away from his watchdogs. He thinks he's with friends. After all these years, he's still a wide-eyed lamb. He'll go straight to the slaughter. Matilda swirled upward, caught like a leaf in a sudden wind. She was no longer so empty now. This dream or vision had a purpose. She was in it because she must be. The wind was carrying her over the courtyard and up, circling the tower. Its face was blank, but for narrow slits of windows. The wind thrust her through one of the highest, into the sudden darkness of walls, and the wan flicker of a lamp. The Castellan's wine had found its victim. There was a bed in the room, filling most of it, and a man sprawled across it. He was a big man, broad in the shoulders, with a strong-boned, blade-nosed face. Even though he was unconscious, she could see the strength of will in him, and what above all must have brought her here. A fire of magic that was easily the match of her own. It had not protected him from the drug in the wine. She cast about for signs of ill workings or hostile magic, although she had not brought enough of herself into this vision for that. One thing she could see. There were no spirits here, not in the room, not in the castle. The air was empty of them, and the earth was quiet. Too quiet. She stooped over the man on the bed. His unconsciousness was not as deep as she had thought. She saw a gleam of eye beneath the lid, and tightness in him that spoke of struggle. Night was coming.
Darkness was already in the room, and the sliver of sky beyond was dimming slowly. Matilda gathered every scrap of will and resource that she had, and shaped it into a voice like a trumpet call. Messire, wake and ride! His eyelids flickered. He had heard, but he did not wake, nor did he rise. She raised the call again, though it cost her dearly in strength. Wake! Ride! Death is behind you! He twitched, thrashed. The drug was heavy in him. He fought it, but it was too strong. Desperation drove her. In her hand, far outside this vision, was a needle. She tightened her fingers about it and drove it deep into linen, willing the heavy cloth to be drug-sodden flesh.